Flex Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Sutton. With me are my friends, Ryan Wheeler. Hey, hey. And Rob Green. How's it going? Episode 101, gentlemen. Uh, I'm excited. Ryan, what are you most looking forward to with this podcast? Looking forward to talking some football with my buddies and hoping that if anyone takes our advice, that we help them win some championships, maybe even some money. Awesome. Awesome. Rob, what about you? I am looking forward to talking some fantasy, talking some football, talking whatever else comes up, <laughs> having some fun, and hopefully sharing some knowledge and gaining some knowledge. Let's do it. That's my... Oh. my that's my favorite F word, fun. That's, that's what we're here for. Let's have some fun. Uh, we've been friends now for 20 years, and we've been playing fantasy football for probably 10 or 12 years of that. And uh, we started playing fantasy when it was non-PPR, one quarterback, two receiver, three tight end. Or sorry, one quarterback, two running back, three receivers, one tight end, and then defense and a kicker. And over the last few years, that's seen a lot of changes to uh, super flex leagues, PPR, tight end premium. Um, and we have enjoyed together playing the leagues that involve the most flex positions. So the name of our podcast, uh, Ultra Flex Fantasy, is not just saying that Ryan is going to flex into the camera the entire time. Should I flex? That, <laughs> that is saying... <laughs> that our league is, is full of uh, flex positions. So our standard team is going to be one quarterback, eight flex positions, which is going to be uh, a running back, wide receiver, or tight end. So it's positionless. And then we also have one super flex. So majority of the teams in our league will be uh, starting two quarterbacks and then a mix of eight players. It could be eight running backs, could be eight receivers, could be eight tight ends. Um, and we also have a one and a half tight end premium. So that gives the tight ends a little bit extra value. So uh, Ryan, is there anything else you want to add on the, the ultra flex format that we have? Uh, I mean, I just like the freedom, man. I like the freedom of being able to take eight wide receivers if that's what you want to start. I mean, you could draft a whole team of wide receivers. Obviously, you're going to want a couple quarterbacks because it's super flex that we're talking but um and maybe those those high-end tight ends but wide receivers you could draft a whole team of them if you want to go win now you might want to pick up some uh a heavy running back team because the running backs will fall in this format because they don't have the positional scarcity as a normal fantasy draft does um but yeah i just love the freedom rob anything you want to add yeah uh i think the word positionless is the key here right you don't have to feel boxed into drafting a running back at a position in the, in the draft that you're not comfortable taking the guy, but you feel forced so that you don't miss out on a run or whatever it may be. Um, this format's going to give you the freedom to build your team the way that you want to and the way that you feel good about. That's huge to me to be happy about every pick you make. That's tough in a draft, right? Where I love it. Where you got to fill certain positions and you know our runs coming you might make a pick that you regret later but you made right. it because you were nervous you're going to miss out right at the position so you don't have to worry about this with the, with this format it's positionless 
Yeah, I was I was talking to someone about our format earlier today, actually, and uh, the best way I was able to uh, describe it is it, it makes the most important positions and the most important players in football also be the most important in fantasy. Like before, when fantasy first started and there was no PPR, the league essentially came down to who had the best running back because all the quarterbacks were going to score about the same amount of points. Since it was non-PPR, the same thing with receivers. But now getting a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes is more important than ever. And getting a Kyle Pitts instead of a Dawson Knox or someone that's average is going to have a huge impact in, in our that, league. So that that probably really hurt you to say that too, because you're you and Rob are both big Bills fans. So for him to throw Dawson Knox under the bus like that, yeah, I was surprised he used his name. <laughs> no. I was trying to think of someone that is around the 10, 12 spot, and we'll get to our rankings in a little bit. But that's essentially where he he falls for me. So, but yeah, go um, Bills. Go Bills. <laughs> Before we get to the rankings, we wanted to just talk about what's been happening this offseason. So uh, I guess the most recent news uh, as far as trade uh, is Baker going to the Panthers. So, Ryan, how do you think that will impact Baker and the Panthers for fantasy? I think it it gives um, DJ Moore a little bit more excitement for me to be able to pick him up. He has a solid quarterback now. I mean, Baker's nothing special, but I do think he is a better quarterback than uh, Sam Darnold or whoever else they were starting. Cam Newton as of late. Like, give me Baker out of those guys. And Matt Rule now has a chance, it feels like, to not be fired at the end of the season because it was looking pretty grim for him um, having to rely on Sam Darnold as his starting quarterback and, and still having to go prove that he can win games with that team. Uh, Cause they do have a pretty good young defense and they have some weapons for him. They have McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson went poo poo out last year, um, but hopefully he can come back a little bit. He had uh, the year strong. Yeah, he did. He did on the year strong. Um, they have Terrace Marshall too. Terrace Marshall. Uh, we'll see if he can be anything. He was awful last year as a rookie, right? Yeah. Um, but, but I'm really interested in DJ Moore. I think that's pretty much what affects or what the Baker effect will have (laughs) on me most. Rob, what about you? Yeah, I think the, the big name here is DJ Moore. I mean, he's already been great in his young career and, that was with very poor QB play. If Baker can even give him average NFL quarterback play, we could see DJ Moore's value skyrocket this year. And I hope we see that because he's a good young talent. Um, outside of him, maybe we see a, a second-year leap from Terrace Marshall. I wouldn't count on it after his tough rookie season, as we talked about. Uh, Robbie Anderson it could be a good buy low right now with uh, the Baker news. Um, if someone's down on him, he could have a potentially a career year. He hasn't exactly played with great quarterbacks in his career either. So yeah, we'll see. What I'm curious, Rob, what do you think um, DJ Moore's ceiling is? I think he has the talent to be a, 
a top five fantasy wide receiver. So he he really has some room for growth because I think like average uh, ADP for him for wide receivers in Dynasty is around twelve. It's like twelve to seventeen. A back end wide receiver one, I would say. Yeah. Maybe a high end wide receiver two to the common fantasy so, player out there. Um, so he's got a lot of room I, I for think growth. He has room to go up and. I would say look into buying him now, but maybe wait a little bit. People might be a little excited on the Baker news. Um, yeah. But also with that, anybody who owns him probably is pretty happy with how his career has gone so far. Yeah. Despite true. not reaching his high ceiling, he has been a productive wide receiver. He's still so young, too. Right. 25. Right? Yeah. I think a lot of people, me included, think that Baker – had a big recession or regression, sorry, last year. But I was just looking at the stats for 2021 versus 2020. He played three less games and he only threw for 450 less yards. So you have to imagine if he's healthy for those three games, he probably uh, surpasses what he had in 2020. And then he actually ran for 31 less yards and the same amount of touchdowns. So I'm not saying Baker is going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback, but I do think he's better than, uh, anything Carolina had. So as far as DJ Moore, this definitely can't hurt him. And he's obviously at this point in Baker's career, he's a lot better passer than Cam Newton is um, or was last year. So um, yeah, I think it can't hurt. Yeah. As Moore's far as already the, produced with worse quarterbacks. So yeah. Yeah. Let's see what he can do. Hopefully he doesn't OBJ uh, DJ Moore and make him a terrible wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely ignore him. Yeah. Uh, as far as the Browns are concerned, how did how does this trade? We still don't know what's going on with Watson, so we probably won't know for a couple more weeks. But uh, how does this impact some of their receivers, Amari Cooper, the running backs, and then I guess they're going to go ahead and, and start uh, Jacoby Brissett. So Ryan, how does this impact the Browns? Jacoby Brissett, man. Uh, I mean, it really depends on what happens with Deshaun Watson. It. We don't want to speculate, um, but if he's playing this year, uh, they're obviously much better off on the field with him at quarterback than Brissett. Uh, the other option was uh, who's their backup besides Brissett? Um, the guy, Josh Dobbs. Yeah, Dobbs. <laughs> also, not a great option. So they're they're really not looking good. Amari should see um, pretty much. A, a very heavy workload um, and target share. He's got competition with what, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, David Njoku, Kareem Hunt, and the rookie they just got. Um, Anthony David Schwartz. Bell. David yeah. Bell. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't feel good about any of those options. If I had to start one, obviously it'd be Amari Cooper and and the running backs, uh, just because I think they have standalone value. But have they come out and said if if Watson suspended that Brissett's for sure the guy? Like, could this be a Jimmy G potential trade place or or no? Because he's going to want to go somewhere long term. Right. Not that he has a say in where he gets traded necessarily, but yeah. Man, I I don't know the the I don't know what their salary situation looks like. I'm pretty sure it was pretty um, tight though because they wanted to get rid of Baker, right? Um, I, and they still have to pay half of his 
salary that it was due, right? Like 10 million of the. Yeah. They, they took yeah. a chunk of that with the trade. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't see Jimmy G ending up there, but I mean, it's just not exciting, right? If Brissette ends up being the guy, it's not, <laughs> it doesn't make you uh, happy about the position players there. Whether it's Absolutely Cooper, not. It's going to have to be a year that Joku. I mean, yeah. maybe it helps Nick Chubb just from a volume standpoint, they really lean on him. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough because if, if they have to wait another year for, for Watson to come back, and those running backs are going to be one year older. Uh, Amari Cooper, one year older. He'll be hitting close to 30 at that point. Um, I, I believe Kareem Hunt's contract is up after this season as well. So so then you don't even know if he's coming back, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess we'll we'll see. Um, as far as, other, you know, not considering the the Browns or the Panthers, other offseason news is Hopkins suspension. He's going to be missing six games. Uh, how does that impact Kyler Murray? How does that impact AJ Green? Uh, the rest of the Cardinals' offense. Rob, I'll let you go. Um, I don't think that losing Hopkins has too big of an impact on a guy like Kyler Murray. He's to me, a proven stud for fantasy. He's going to use his legs. He still has some weapons in the past game. Hopefully, A.J. Green can prove he's not dust at this point for at least six games, right? Step into that starting lineup there. Um, they made the big trade for Marquise Brown, who I'm high on. I think he could have a great year, potentially a great few years if they get him signed long-term, right? Yeah. Uh, they still have Zach Ertz. They drafted the rookie, Trey McBride. It's a... It's still a loaded offense. Um, and, yeah. I'm right there with you, Rob. I, I mean, uh, I'm excited about Hollywood showing up there. Uh, I don't think it's going to affect Kyler much, if at all. I mean, you take Hopkins out, you add Marquise Brown in. And and then when Hopkins come back, comes back, it's like now you've got some weapons. It's, boost, I, it's like a boost to the offense midseason, right? Right. I, I don't see it hurting him necessarily in any way. I mean, I, I just think that when Hopkins comes back, that offense is going to be or has the potential to be legit, but they do tend to break apart come second half of the season. So we'll see what happens. But yep. They have had some slow second halves recently. But Yeah. Brian, in, in any format for the next year or two, Hopkins is – probably a top five receiver still, obviously when he's playing. Um, if you are a team that's contending in a PPR league where Hopkins is going to be one of the, the better players to have for the second half of the season and say Hopkins is on someone that's struggling, needs to get some picks or some young players, I guess, what would you be willing to trade for a Hopkins coming off of a six game suspension? Mm. Um, is he still worth a, a late first? Like, I, I mean, in Dynasty, we're talking, right? Yep. Yeah. I don't like old guys, uh, personally. So I know yeah, you said, if you're, I know you said, here. I get it. I get it. You're a contender. So you, you know, you might want to trade away those future assets to acquire, uh, possible, uh, previous superstar wide receiver in D hop. Um, I, I think I'd be comfortable with giving up like anywhere from a projected late first, uh, 2023 first. Um, yeah, obviously if someone wants to be all like, in, right? 
to make that. Yeah, happen. yeah. You're, if you're going all in, you're going all in, and if and if you're going all in with that move, you're hoping that you're giving away the one twelve. And I think it. it's a move you probably want to wait until your potentially your trade deadline, right? Make sure he stays healthy, comes back, looks good. That's yeah. Before that's a, you give that pick up, that's a real good call too. Because I mean, you're you don't want to buy him when you're looking like, you know, that other, you kind of, kind of wait till the other team looks desperate. Like I really need to get rid of Hopkins because his value is going to start going down. And then who knows, maybe you get him for, uh, I don't know if you have a second. um, I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. What do you think with the the hype of the 2023 rookie class? That's kind of going on right now. That pick could potentially get you somebody better or younger than Hopkins. If somebody really, is trying yeah. to build up their picks for this coming draft. Right. Right. That's very true. Well, I think that's the the fun part, right? If, if you're a contending team and you're in uh, a big money league and you can win some money this year, it's, it's do you go get a Hopkins or someone else, or do you hang on to your pick for a dynasty? When, when we're talking dynasty, we're, typically looking at two, three, four, five years out. So it is is a chance at winning a championship worth a first round pick, which will have an impact for you for the next five years. Yeah. I, to me, it is assuming, like Ryan said, you're a top team, you know, top, you really have a chance to win it all this year. That's the goal, right? You want to win. You want to make some money. If you have the team to do it, don't be afraid to spend the pick, I say. Yeah, I'm, I agree with that. The other possible suspension, I guess we're uh, speculating a little bit here, but there's a rumor that uh, Kamara is going to get suspended for potentially six games. So uh, obviously he's been a top running back for the last five, four or five years now. So how does that possibility impact the Saints offense in general, but specifically the running back position, Ryan? Uh, gross. I, I'm not touching any of the running backs coming out of that backfield. Uh, we have Mark Ingram and then a couple of guys that no one's knows much about. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm shying away from that offense entirely. I actually like Jameis Winston probably more than most. And I, I have a hot take for everybody coming up at the end of the show. Um, but the running back room. No, thank you. He said that he's bracing for at least a six-game suspension. To me, that sounds like he's. I mean, it, it's going to happen. Like they're going to get. He's going to get six or more games. That's what it sounds like. I know he, it's speculation. He's accepting that, right? Right. He's, he's like accepting. He's okay it. with it almost. Yeah. Yeah. If you say I'm bracing for a six-game suspension, then when they give you a susp- six-game suspension, you can't be like, "Well, I didn't see that coming." You know, you literally right. just said you were bracing for a six-game suspension <laughs> at least. So yeah, I, I'm. I mean. Mark Ingram, running backs start hitting a cliff typically when they hit like 27, 28 years old. He's what, 32? 32, now, yeah. 32 yeah. years old? Uh, no thanks. It's not um, a guy you want in Dynasty, right? <laughs> I mean, no, probably not a guy that I want at all. That, so Dynasty. That's a that, sell, but I mean, everyone's going to be trying to sell him at that point. So I, I'm not sure he has much value at all. No. Um, but the, the wide receivers, I, I mean, Michael Thomas is kind of a little bit scary. He, uh, his workout videos still look a little bit sketchy. I don't know, man. Uh, Chris Olave. I love Chris Olave. 
Um, and Jarvis, Jarvis Landry's there too. Yep, Jarvis Landry. I I think that I think Chris Olave will do really well with Winston, and I think uh, Jarvis will. I mean, tell you what, Olave, Jarvis, and if Michael Thomas comes back, that looks a lot better than what Winston had last year. And Winston actually played pretty good while he was healthy. So I can give a mini hot take there on the receivers. Oh. I'd, I'd say Chris Olave leads that team in fantasy points in the wide receiver position pretty easily this year. I, I mean, so. they targeted him heavily, right? Moving up, giving all the, those picks up to get to was that top 10 pick right or right around they, they gave up a lot for him future first right i think yeah that, i think that's a guy that they really wanted on this team yeah they're they're six man rotation at wide receiver they don't have anyone that stands out as uh i guess a guaranteed wide receiver one but assuming michael thomas is somewhat healthy jarvis landry chris olave Marquez Callaway, who was good last year, Traquan Smith and Deontay Harris are both uh, speedsters. So, I mean, as a six-man rotation, that's that's pretty good. So a lot of weapons for James. Yeah, they have depth. And if Michael Thomas, man, if, if he can just be a shell of what he was, he, he was so good. What was it, like three years ago last time we saw him? And Breeze was still playing. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's, it's a little different when you have the – potentially the, the the best quarterback or one of the top five that, quarterbacks ever yeah that's true at the end of his career though so i mean we'll see yeah that's true drew Brees. that at the end of his career was definitely not drew Brees. but right. um okay cool well that, so that's most of the what's happening this offseason want to look at your guys's wide receiver and running back rankings we'll look at the top 15 for each and just as a reminder when we're talking about rankings, we're looking at the, this as dynasty. So we're looking at youth potential to, to kind of have cornerstones for your team for the next three or four years. Um, and then trying to see who has that that high ceiling versus someone that might be older and kind of already reached their ceiling. So I'll go ahead and I'll start with Rob and name off the top, uh, his top 15, and then we'll kind of dissect from there. So Rob has Justin Jefferson one, Jamar Chase two, CD Lamb three, AJ Brown four, Jalen Waddle five, T. Higgins six. So we've got two Bengals in the top six. We've got Cooper Cup seven, Stefan Diggs eight, DK Metcalf nine, DJ Moore ten, and then Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill. Debo Samuel, Michael Pittman Jr., and Terry McLaren uh, rounding out the top 15. So, uh, Rob. Yes. Uh, looking specifically at 11 through 15. We got some of the older guys there. The top 10 is a lot of 23, 24, 25. So, is that kind of yep. your thought process there in, in Dynasty? You can't have too many people uh, above a certain age or what are you looking for uh, in those 11 through 15 guys? Yeah, it's kind of the, uh, the former top wide receivers, right. That are, that are getting up there in age for me. I mean, not that Devonte Adams and Tyree kill aren't top wide receivers anymore, but most of the guys I have ranked above them are 22, 23, 25, like you said, and that, that's a big part of it. 
when we're looking a few years into the future here. Um, but Rob, I do have, yes. I have a question. And I know all sure. the listeners that were listening to these rankings, they were probably like, WTF did I just hear? Debo Samuel. Yes. Oh, at yeah. 13, folks. Yeah, I, I have a a hot take for the hot take segments that actually features Debo. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert Ryan, bringing him <laughs> up. Um, you know, I'm just a little bit down on him from consensus, maybe a lot down on him from consensus. And I'm just worried about a few things here. The, the role he might potentially play losing those carries. You know, he doesn't want to run the ball anymore. He's come out and said that. And on top of that, he's come out and said, trade me, please. And he's <laughs> stuck by that. Um, and that makes me nervous. You know, how much commitment is there to the 49ers from Debo? And it's enough for me to bump him behind guys like Tyreek and Devontae Adams, who are a few years older. That makes sense. I, I just wanted to call you out because I, I, there's no way that people that are listening aren't like, huh? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Most people are going to look at a list and see Debo potentially top five, definitely top 10. But yeah, it's to me, it's just he's a screaming sell. And that's kind of reflected in my rankings. I, so. I agree with that. Is the is the Tyreek Hill being 12? How much of that is? Again, this is Dynasty. So we're looking three, four years out. Uh, how much is that that he's 28 years old? And how much is that that he just came from potentially the best quarterback in the league to Tua? It's a little bit of the unknown with with Tua and the new offense. Um, and a big part of it, too, for me is I, I'm a big fan of Jalen Waddell. I had him five in my rankings. He had 104 catches, I believe, this past season. Set the rookie record, and, right? Right. He already has that established uh, connection with Tua. Are we just going to assume that Tyreek's going to come in and take that from him just because they paid him a lot of money? Like, just because the front office made that move doesn't mean that they're going to click like that. And I don't think you can deny the, the talent and the chemistry that Jalen Waddell had with Tua. I, I agree. So I still have him as a wide receiver, one of my rankings, because he's a hell of a wide receiver because he's Tyree kill, baby <laughs> Tyree kill. He's got the game breaking speed that nobody else has. He's a one of one type he's guy. A one of one. So I'm still willing to take him as a wide receiver one. It's just a few question marks that have crept up that push him towards the back end of the wide receiver one rankings that he probably hasn't been ranked there in, you know, five, six years. Yeah. Long time. Right. He's been at the top for a long time. So. Awesome. Uh, my last question before we jump over to, to Ryan is uh, your 14-15, Michael Pittman Jr., Terry McLaren, both extremely talented receivers. Yeah. Uh, does their quarterback play potentially scare you? Or does the fact that in Pittman's case that he has Ryan, is that part of the reason he might even be higher than uh, some people have him? Yeah, I I don't know that it's too much higher than the people have him ranked right now. Um, maybe being above Terry McLaurin's a little much compared to some rankings, but I do think Matt Ryan's a bump. And as far as 
am I nervous about the quarterback play? Not really. I mean, I think they're both, no doubt, number one wide receivers in their offense. I think they're talented. They, they've proven it. They have the production. They have the size. I, I think they're both going to have good seasons. And really, you could probably argue, even though Carson Wentz hasn't been great in recent years, I mean, is this Terry McLaurin's best quarterback to date? Probably is, at least from a talent standpoint, right? Yeah, I'd say talent-wise and ceiling, uh, definitely. Arm, arm talent and strength. Um, awesome. But I'm going to switch over to Ryan's top 15, and then we'll, we'll go back through your 6 through 10, Rob. So uh, Ryan's top 15 receivers, he has the same top five, just a little uh, different order. So you've got Justin Jefferson, one, Jamar Chase, two, C.D. Lamb, three, Jalen Waddell, four, A.J. Brown, five, Debo Samuel, six, D.K. Metcalf, seven, Cooper Cup, eight, Devontae Adams, nine, Tyreek Hill, 10, T. Higgins, 11, Stefan Diggs, 12, D.J. Moore, 13, Deontay Johnson, 14, and Rashad Bateman, 15. So we've got some different names here. Uh, Ryan, for these 14 and 15, they weren't even in Rob's rankings. So uh, Deontay Johnson and Rashad Bateman, uh, why are you so high on those two? Uh, Deontay Johnson, honestly, like the more I look at it, <sighs> there's so many more exciting names on the list and I probably have to move him down. Like the more I'm just sitting here, I'm looking at my list and he, he just seems to stick out for me. Um, I would probably have to move him down, but, but he has been productive. He has been a target hog. It's scary that he's getting um, a new quarterback in. Uh, I, uh, I can't think of either of their names right now. Holy moly. Trubisky. Yeah, Trubisky or um, the Kenny rookie. Pickett. Yeah, Kenny Pickett. Like you're you're moving into a rookie or a guy who's already been traded twice, and it's it's just I don't know. I guess I should have. How I should much probably... of his production was Big Ben's inability? That's that's what I was just gonna field. say. A lot of people say like Big Ben. Uh, it can't get worse than that. But the thing is, is that Big Ben checked down every play. That's why he yep. had so many targets, so many catches. I think Claypool is probably a guy that I'm more excited about. I'm not going to take Claypool over Deontay Johnson, but because he has that big play ability, um, he's the, like the big outside wide receiver. I, I mean, that's he's exciting. A he's a freak of nature, and I want freaks of nature on my fantasy football team. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I am going to be moving Deontay down. Rashad Bateman, the guy is – actually, he's probably the wide receiver two on that team behind uh, Mandrews. I know Mandrews is a, a tight end, but he's probably going to get the most targets on that team. But I just feel like Bateman has a real chance to break out this year. And if he does break out, he could go to the moon. And and having him at at fifteen doesn't seem like that's his ceiling. So I'd be I'd be okay with taking him there. The, the Ravens' wide receiver core is just so terrible. <laughs> it's it's not yeah. good. Uh, 
Devin Duvernay is your number two. You get Talon Wallace, Jalen Moore. You can ben, stop there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, ben Victor, Slade Bolden. Like, who? Uh, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, he has every opportunity or should get every opportunity to catch 100-plus balls and get every target in the red zone that doesn't go to Mark Andrews. So, yeah. Uh, I guess – before we go back to Rob, T. Higgins for you is in at number 11. Rob has him at number six. So, why, I guess, why do you have him outside of your top 10 when he's 23 years old, coming off of uh, a good season and, and seems to have that chemistry with Burrow? It's a great question. I, he just, he has the, on my rankings and our consensus number two wide receiver in dynasty across the field from him. Um, it's really hard for me to put both of those guys in my top 10. And that's pretty much why I couldn't do it. Um, I don't think it's crazy to have T Higgins at where I have him. Um, if you look at like other websites, he's usually ranked around wide receiver 10 other rankings. So yeah, I, th I think I'm higher on him. Yeah, it, Rob's Rob's pretty high. I think that he just really likes Burrow, and he, and he, you know, he's hoping that that Higgins, if he hits his ceiling, he if Higgins hits his ceiling, he is a wide receiver, a top four uh, dynasty wide receiver because he's so young. He has the quarterback. Um, he's not going to always get double covered because Jamar Chase is going to take a lot of attention away. Like, I'm not saying T. Higgins is a bad player. I'm I just have a hard time ranking him above the guys that Rob was able to move down. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll explain why I have him there. Yeah, uh, a bit more once we get to the top. Like I have Debo, I have Debo at six, and and I don't feel great about it for the exact reasons that Rob stated. The fact that he's probably going to have uh, Trey Lance as his quarterback. We don't know what that's going to mean. He doesn't want to run the ball. He doesn't even want to be a 49er. Um so having him at six is me basically just hoping that the guy can keep producing in somewhat close that like in, in somewhat of a vicinity that he was last year. Uh, he was always good. I mean, he wasn't top five dynasty good, but he was, when he was healthy, he was, he was always a baller. Rob, why jumping back to your rankings, I guess, uh, looking at your six through 10, again, you have T Higgins six, uh, Cooper Cup seven coming off the greatest wide receiver season ever. Uh, Stefan Diggs eight, DK Metcalf with potentially the worst quarterback situation in the league, and then DJ Moore at 10. So, uh, I guess, why are you so high on T Higgins? So, I just want to start and say the only reason DK Metcalf isn't in my top seven there ahead of Cooper Cup. There's kind of a line there, if you look at my rankings, at six from T. Higgins to Cooper Cup. So Jefferson, Chase, Lamb, A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins. To me, those are the elite, young wide receivers that I think have wide receiver one overall talent. For or, the next for the next, for the five next years. Yeah, for the next five years, right? Those are the guys that... I'd be willing to to take over the 
you could maybe say, I mean, nothing's guaranteed, but the guaranteed production of Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, guys like that for the next two to three years, those young guys are the ones I'm willing to take the chance on over the production year one um, for my fantasy team. And as I was saying, the only reason I don't have DK in that tier is because of the quarterback situation, right? It doesn't look good. There was some rumors recently, maybe they try to get Jimmy Garoppolo and that would be great. That could be a bump for DK up into that, that tier for me, if that happens. But right now you're looking at Drew Locke or Geno Smith. So that's why I have him at nine behind Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs, but I could see him creeping back up into the top five range. I think it really shows what you think of Locke um, and Geno Smith when you say, like, if he gets Jimmy G. Oh, yeah. Could... I mean, he's not a an exciting quarterback either, right. right? But he's a he's a league average quarterback, and that would be obviously a downgrade from Russell Wilson that he's had the last well, of few course. years, but it'd still be big. Um, so to answer your original question also with Higgins and Chase, I, yeah, I do like Burrow, and I think he can support two top. 10 wide receivers right so that's why i have them both there Ryan, also you're... if anything happens to chase i mean higgins is it completely outside of the realm of possibility that higgins ends up being burrow's number one and and chase is the the field stretcher it's probably not going to happen because chase is great but it could be that hey maybe burrow decides higgins is this guy or maybe teams start double covering chase and higgins is now the wide open guy every play (laughs) i think they will both be great and that's a big reason i have them both ranked there ryan you you guys both have similar guys in that range so i guess my my question now similar to uh hopkins earlier if you are uh a middle of the pack team or, or lower team. Uh, are you trading a Cooper cup or Devonte Adams halfway through the year? And if you are, what are you asking for? For a Cooper cup or Devonte Adams? Uh, I, I mean, I'm definitely expecting a 23 first, maybe a 23 first and second. Like I, there's, I'm not giving up either of those guys for less than that. And I want, and I'm hoping that that's a, an early first. So I just, I mean, I understand that they're older, but they're also, you can't really say that, that Cooper Cup's like a generational guy. Cause he's had really one fantastic year. He had another one a couple of years ago, but, but the guy just showed what he's capable of and it's next level. Nobody who has him's trading him for one for like I just don't see that. No, no chance. That's what I'm saying. Like unless yeah. someone's trading like the guaranteed 101 next year, right? But why? Why would somebody do that? Because then they're not a contender, right? I mean, right. I guess it's possible the contending team does have the, the yeah. 101 that would be game, something that but... you probably have to trade players for because the picks don't line up. Like if you're a contender trying to buy um, a a Cooper Cup, you're going to be sending away a late first for him i think what the kind of trade you'd probably need to look at is okay i'm gonna tear down to maybe you can get michael pittman plus a first like a right. trade like that or a one of the rookies from last year plus a first something like that uh rashad bateman could be another one i i could tell you right now if, if i was a 
contender, I would, I would definitely. I mean, if I was some, selling Cooper Cup, I would definitely take Pittman in a first or Rashad Bateman in a first for Cup. And that's not a trade you're going to probably get done right now because right. people are really high on Pittman. People are really high on Rashad Bateman and those young guys. And obviously they like their first right now, but come the middle of the season when people are chasing that championship yeah, and they smell the money, right? It's getting close. Yep. Cooper Cup could look awfully good if he's wide receiver one again, and you might get a haul for him if you're a team that's middle of the pack or especially if you're, yeah, you know, bottom five. For sure. Ryan, I'm now, just curious. You got, time to move him. Ryan, I'm just curious. You got Devontae Adams at nine. If he was still in Green Bay and was playing with Aaron Rodgers, would that affect your ranking at all? That's a good question. Uh, I don't. Thank you. I really. No problem, man. Uh, I really don't think so. I mean, it's really hard to put them up above those guys. Like, Rob City has that top tier, that first tier, which is the young guys who you can have on your team for the next um, 10 years, possibly. <laughs> like, literally, you're looking five years into the future with those guys. With with a Devontae Adams, he's he's 29 years old. I don't know that I would be able to put him above Cup if he was with Rodgers seeing what cup is capable of. And I have already guys like Metcalf in front of him because I think that they are, I, I mean, I, I agree with Rob that he's got a terrible quarterback situation, but. So <clears throat> on Adams, then if, if you don't think that losing Rogers affects his ranking, don't you think you're a little high on him then? I mean, going from Rogers to Carr has to move him down somewhat, especially from like he had so many monster seasons recently. Do you expect him to replicate that? I he what do you mean? He said that that uh Derek Carr is just as good as Rod. <laughs> I mean sure. I don't know, man. It, it's it's we're really splitting hairs here. If I was gonna drop him, I would I don't feel comfortable dropping him below a, a Tyree kill because he's also got a new quarterback. Um, I could probably move T. Higgins up over those guys if because Derek Carr is the quarterback over Rodgers. But man, I like I just struggle, especially with you and your your age, ageism or whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are you really taking Adams in a startup over T. Higgins? It depends on the situation. Okay. If I'm trying I mean, to win now, then. Yes. If I an early pick, so you're really not going to know your that 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 would be the the fork in the road, right? I'm taking Adams. I, I'm winning. If I'm taking Adams, I'm also taking a running back the next round, probably. Right. If I'm Fair taking enough. if I'm taking uh, Higgins, I'm probably stacking some young wide receivers to go along with my top tier white or quarterback. Yeah. Speaking of running backs, we got to get to the running backs. So let's very quickly go through the top five receivers they're the same top five it's just you guys just have them slightly different order uh justin jefferson jamar chase cd lamb jalen waddle and aj brown is there for you rob is there a tier there where you would put one or two or three above the other or are they kind of all the same yeah it's a it's a tier at the top and it's small it's it's justin jefferson and it's jamar chase and i i really struggled separating the two you know i I almost wanted to go for the year younger Jamar Chase, but 
we've seen Justin Jefferson do it twice and he's been great. Give me Justin Jefferson, but yeah, I got those two in a tier together at the top. What about, what about you, Ryan? Uh, same exact. I, I, I'm going to say the same exact thing. I think it's Jefferson. I think it's Chase. And then it's everybody else. They're in a tier of their own and they're so special. Yeah, I think for the next, like we talked about before, for the next five or 10 years, if you can get any of those five on your team, you've got your wide receiver one for a decade, and then you can kind of build off uh, build off of that. So yeah, for sure. Let's jump over to, to running backs here. So I'll start with you, Rob. I'm going to start at the top this time and work my way down to number 15. So okay. your top five are Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, and Brees Hall. So uh, there hasn't been back-to-back number one performances from a Jonathan T- or, uh, from a running back in a very long time since what Jamal Charles. Been over ten years, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, obviously, the the reason behind why you have him number one and why everyone has him number one is obvious. But do you think? It is realistic for him to to finish there and, and pull the back-to-back? Uh, it's definitely within the realm of possibilities. Obviously, the, the stats don't back it up to say he's going to repeat. But who are you taking? You know, who gives you the better chance at it? You're just guessing at that point. It's, yeah. it's Taylor versus the field to me. So he's the clear 101 at running back for me because I think he has the best chance to be that guy the first guy to repeat in over 10 years yeah and again these rankings i should have said before are dynasty so we're looking three four five years out so some of the other people that you would rank high for a one year your christian mccaffrey's or austin neckler or delvin cook because they're already old for a running back i mean they're 26 27 excuse me years old so that is getting up there in age um who are you looking for out of those three, four uh, position there? <clears throat> Excuse me. DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams. Who are you looking for to have the bigger jump from last year? Uh, it's it's Swift for me. I, I think that Detroit Lions team is is ready to make a jump. Hopefully, Goff is up to the task. Um, they have a great offensive line. They built up that very well in recent years. They just added the speedster, right, and Jamison Williams. Um, that's really going to open up that passing game to hopefully give DeAndre Swift more room to run and more room to catch balls because he caught a lot last year. I think he could catch even more this year. Um, And Javante Williams still has to deal with Melvin Gordon. Last year we saw, right, it was a 50-50 split. I don't think that'll happen again. They signed him late in the off season for pretty low money. I think it was a one year, $2 million deal, something along those lines, but it, it gives me enough pause to lower him below Swift, where I think some people might still like Williams better. Um, he may be the more talented natural runner of the football than Swift, uh, but I like Swift's situation better. So for I, this year and probably long term still. I, I, how weird does it feel to say that the Lions have a good team? 
Like I, I don't know if they have a good <laughs> team yet, but they're building something that they haven't been able to do in a long time. They're in the right direction to me. Yeah. I think a lot of it. I think for the longest time, you wouldn't say that the Lions had a plan. It looks like they right. had a plan. They were drafting wide receivers every year in the first round, right? <laughs> Speaking of being high on Swift, Ryan, your top five is Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, Christian McCaffrey, who's a new name for the top five, and then Najee Harris. So uh, anything you want to add to Rob's point on either Swift or Williams? It's a, it's a ceiling thing. I mean, Swift, if he hits his ceiling, he could be one of the legitimate. I think he has one of the legitimate cases to be the RB1. Yes. Very hard uh, for me to say the same thing about a lot of these guys. Um, I, I think that it's it's Swift and Williams for me. Rob, you had at, at the two and three. Rob, you had Najee up there. Um, yeah, Najee's a pure volume play. Yeah. The guy, I, I don't know if there's anybody else in the league that's as safe for 300 touches for the next three years as this guy is. I mean, Najee Harris is going to touch the ball a lot, yeah. and he might not catch as many passes, but and he's about as safe as you could get at the position. And the thing about like running back is that we know that running backs get hurt. We don't bake injury projections into our rankings, but with the more touches you get, the more opportunities you have. To, to get injured. Um, Certainly. Najee is a little scary in that sense for me. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he's had the last two years off, basically. Um, he's hurt you if you had him in your fantasy leagues. Uh, I'm not saying that that makes him 24 again because those two years still matter. He's, he's 26 now. Um, but I do think that he has enough of a ceiling higher than Najee for me to put him above Najee. Yeah, does anybody have McCaffrey ceiling? No. I don't think so. No, no I, I think McCaffrey is definitely the 101 uh, RB if we're talking about ceiling. I think he's in a league of his own. Yeah. Uh, you guys both have, so jumping up to, to 6 through 10 here for you, Ryan. Rob had him in his top five, but uh, Priest Hall is at 6. Joe Mixon, seven for you, Ryan. Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, and J.K. Dobbins rounding out your top ten. And again, just to reiterate, this is for Dynasty looking three, four years out. Um, so that's why you haven't even, in your rankings, Ryan, we haven't even mentioned someone like a Nick Chubb or a Derrick Henry yet. But uh, there's been a lot of running backs that have come into the league and had a lot of success at a young age. Uh, how, what do you think Brees Hall's ceiling will be this year? Oh man, this year specifically, like in dynasty, I think he has higher value than um, season long right now. That's why I have him at six this year specifically. I could see him being a top 10 running back if, if he gets the, the workload, um, which I think he will, uh, as long as he can stay healthy and, if Wilson can take a step forward and that's that offense can roll the way that they're hoping it will. Um, and it, it looks pretty good, man. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what Zach Wilson can do, but that Jets offense looks good on paper. It does. It kind of reminds me of the lions. Like their offense Perfect. looks good on paper. Yeah. Their offensive line is ginormous. <laughs> now, whether that turns into production on the offensive line, we'll see, but yeah. 
got some run blockers up there, hopefully, for Brees, right? Yeah, I, I think it's important for me to say that, like, if I was doing a startup dynasty, I have guys like Joe Mixon, Delvin Cook, Austin Eckler, um, J.K. Dobbins at, at my 7, 8, 9, 10. I probably won't be taking those guys. Um, I have them ranked high, but that doesn't mean that I necessarily want to draft them. I just think that if I were to go with a win now team, I would have to take those guys over guys like Cam Akers and Saquon and um because I just feel better about their short-term production and value than I do about those other guys after them. Because in our ultra flex format, if, if you do find yourself taking the running backs, you're not going to be scared off by the age, right? right? Because if you're taking running backs, you're probably trying to win now. Yeah. If we you're buying, that's what I'm saying. If you're, do good this year. if you're buying those guys, you're, you're hoping you're winning because they're going to give you one, two, maybe, I mean, probably two years more of uh, high productivity. So uh, Derek Henry still has about 12 years left to play, right? <laughs> At least 40. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think a lot of it comes down to, and we'll talk about it once we get to uh, some mock drafts, but a lot of it comes down to who you've gotten in the previous rounds because, We'll talk about it again, but QBs are going to go first. But if you can get your hands on maybe like a, a Kyler Murray and a DK Metcalf and your team is relatively young, then it might not be that bad of an idea to come around and get a Delvin Cook to kind of offset that and try to win now. So I think it, it all comes down to strategy, and we'll talk about that when we get to the, to the mock drafts. But yeah. Uh, Rob, you're six through ten. You've got McCaffrey, who we've already talked about, Austin Eckler, Delvin Cook, Joe Mixon, and Saquon Barkley. So you got probably what if, if you just started playing fantasy two years ago, these are the people that got you paid. So yeah. Uh, what I guess what are your thoughts on putting them uh in kind of the tier two status? These are the the guys who've been productive for a few years. They've been your typical RB1s, um, but they're getting up there in age. Kind of like we just talked about, if I find myself going for it right away, some of these guys are going to jump ahead of Brees Hall, Javante Williams, because their outlooks are better for this coming season. Um, they're all 25 or older. And even if you want to go to my number 11, just because I see it right in front of me, Alvin Kamara, same, he's 27. It's it, These are win-now running backs that I think are as safe as a running back can be to have production for this coming season. Maybe there's one guy in there, Barkley, who's a little bit more of a projection because we haven't seen him really play much in the last few years. But I'm excited to see the new offense there, so... Yeah, I think it's important for people to understand that the rankings are like a fluid system. It's just because you have certain guys ranked above others doesn't mean that that's exactly where the way you should draft them in that order. Uh, it's going to depend on your team makeup. It's going to depend on who you took before them. Like, if you're going for a win now, you have to move these older guys up above the younger guys, unless you're not ready to fully commit, I guess. But and we're going to have some win now rankings eventually. Yeah, to kind of illustrate that difference between a team that's going for it versus a team that's rebuilding. Right. Yeah. I, I think it'd be kind of cool actually, if we did a mock draft, if, uh, if one of us said, all right, 
I'll bite the bullet. I'm not going to draft the fun young guys. I'm going to make a win now team and let's the see what it ends team. up looking like. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to read off both of your 11 through 15. That way we have them. Um, and then we'll post these rankings on our Twitter, which is at ultra underscore flex FFP. That way everyone can see that. And then I'm going to ask you guys uh, where you would expect to see the first running back or running backs to, to get drafted. But uh, let me just finish it off. So, Rob, you have in your 11 through 15, you've got Alvin Kamara, like you just said, Travis Etienne, Nick Chubb, Derek Henry, and then Kenneth Walker at 15. Uh, and then, Ryan, you have Cam Akers, Saquon Barkley, Travis Etienne, Derek Henry, and uh, Nick Chubb as your 15th. But I know kind of looking uh, ahead here, but uh, where would you see a Jonathan Taylor or a, a DeAndre Swift getting drafted in a, an ultra flex league, uh, Rob? It's going to depend on uh, who's in your league, right? Everybody's yeah. different. Everyone has their different strategies. Some people absolutely love running backs. And especially if you love running backs, how can you not love Jonathan Taylor after his first two seasons? I would be surprised even in this format. And even though it's a super flex with the quarterbacks, I don't think he makes it out of round one. I, and I agree even with if that. he does, I could see him being like the turn pick, right? At, let's say it's a 12-man league. He could be the 13th pick. I think just because of his ability, someone would take him I, before, you know, the eighth, ninth QB. He's he's kind of the guy that doesn't – he's he's the one-on-one of um, – of the RBs for me. I know I said the McCaffrey, if we were talking about pure potential for like next year, who it would, does McCaffrey have the highest ceiling? And I think the answer is yes. But if you're looking at next year potential, and then also three years into the future, Jonathan Taylor has to be the only name that you're really looking at, unless you're a Lions fan. Um, you might think Swift can get up there, but I just don't know that he has that um, guaranteed workload like Jonathan Taylor will. Maybe Brees Hall. Maybe Brees Hall, yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, I don't think that Jonathan Taylor's making it out of the first either. I think that yeah. someone's once those two top wide receivers go and Kyle Pitts probably, uh Jefferson, Chase, Kyle Pitts, I I think Javante or yeah, Jonathan Taylor is the next one to go. I think you could see eight quarterbacks, those two wide receivers, Kyle Pitts and Jonathan Taylor be yeah. around one. I agree. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited to do some mock drafts in the in the next coming weeks. We're we're kind of getting to, to draft season there for for yeah. startup weeks. So, uh, like I said, we'll post all of these rankings again on our Twitter, which is at ultra at ultra underscore flex ffp. Uh, but we're gonna head wrap up this episode, and, and we'll wrap it up with hot takes. So, Ryan, what is your hot take of the week? All right, guys, I mentioned this. Towards the beginning of the podcast, I said I have faith in Jameis Winston this year. This year, I have faith. I'm not talking about dynasty. I'm not saying put him as your a top 12 dynasty QB, but I am saying I think he will finish as a QB1 this coming season. Not the QB1, a QB1 is a big difference. So I think he'll finish in the top 12. Uh, just looking at his um, 
the last time he played a full season, I know it was a different team and I know it was the Bucks, and, and they were just airing it out every play, but he threw for over 300 yards in 11 out of his 16 games. He had 30 interceptions, which is awful, 33 touchdowns, and over 5,100 passing yards. All right, this guy looked legit, and then they got rid of him. But there was 30 interceptions in there, and that's the reason why. Um but if we look at last year, he only played in six. I mean, played in seven, but he got hurt the seventh game. So I just took that game and, and didn't count it towards his stats. So he he only played in about six games. He averaged about 185 passing yards per game, which is really bad. And I feel like there is only he can only go up from there. Uh, he averaged over two touchdowns per game and only three total interceptions for those six games. Okay. So from 30 picks to three, which is it's that matters in fantasy because you get you get knocked for throwing picks. Um, He also had almost five carries per game and 20 rushing yards per game, which actually also matters when you extrapolate those numbers to to a full 17 game season, which I have done for you guys. So if you take those stats and you look at what it would have looked like if he kept performing like that throughout the whole season. We're looking at 3,100 passing yards, 37 touchdowns, 9 interceptions total. Big difference from 30 to 9. 77 rushes for 325 yards and 3 rushing touchdowns because he did score 1 rushing touchdown in those first 6 games. So if you take those numbers and you, you look at where that would have ranked last year, he would have finished as the QB12 just behind Kyler and Cousins. So I think that, like I said, I think there's only positive pro- progression coming, positive regression, let me say that, with coming with his passing yards. 185 yards per game is disgusting. I don't think there's any way he throws that. He had nobody last year, guys. He was throwing to Marcus Callaway and Deontay Hardy, or is that his name anymore? He has like, uh, it was Deontay Hardy, and then it switched to Deontay Harris. Deontay Harris, or maybe the other way around. So I think he's, yeah, I think it's switched. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the average points per game, he was 14th last year. So I think, yeah, like you said, and and are saying, if if he can uh, do that for an entire season, then he'll be in a good spot. Yeah, and he's he's being drafted around like QB like twenty somewhere around there um, right now. So I think that that that's why it qualifies as a hot take. If I have to justify that, I don't think I have to. But so we got we got Jameis coming in as a, a top twelve quarterback. Rob, what do you have, my friend? I'll go for a little bit more of a a negative hot take. I guess uh, I'm gonna say. Debo Samuel will finish outside of the top 20 wide receivers this season. I kind of brought this up earlier already with my ranking of him at, at wide receiver 13. Um, I, I'm not going to fully commit and put him outside my my top 20 wide receivers, but this is a, a hot take segment. So we already talked about it. He asked for a trade. There's almost a 0% chance that he matches his rushing production from last year, especially considering he doesn't want to run the ball. (laughs) If you look at his rushing stats from last year, 59 carries, 365 yards, and eight touchdowns. 
uh, he needed all of that to help boost his numbers up to be the wide receiver three in PPR last year. I, I don't know that you can count on that happening or even close to that happening again. So you won't see me ranking him up where most people are. Um, if you look at his rookie year, rushing stats, 14 carries, 159 yards, and three touchdowns. Maybe you get something close to that. Um, his second season, injury plague, played in seven games. He had eight carries for 26 yards and no touchdowns. I think we get closer to those numbers, and his production is going to leave a lot of fantasy managers wishing they selected somebody else. You Boom. heard it here first from Rob Green. Trade Debo <laughs> Samuel. He's a sell. Uh, for me, it is <clears throat> Jimmy G. I know there's rumors right now that he's going to the Seahawks, but uh, I'm saying he gets traded to the Bucks. He will, so kind of two hot takes in one, which this probably isn't that big of a hot take. Tom Brady is retiring after this year. Jimmy G and Tom Brady have already shared a QB room and the Bucks will end up doing what the Patriots or Bill Belichick planned to do five or seven years ago, whatever it was okay. when, when uh, Jimmy G was supposed to take over in New England. So Jimmy G is your starting quarterback for the Bucks next year. Ooh. That would be something. Yeah. I'm also Rob. I'm, I'm with you. I, I stand by you on your take on your hot take. I love All it. All right. Maybe, maybe we need to bump uh, Debo down in your rankings. Bring those consensus rankings down a bit. Oh man, <laughs> we're gonna pave the way for Debo just getting traded by everybody. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, episode one is done. We went through the ultra flex format uh, again. It is one quarterback eight flex positions so that can be running back receiver or tight end in any of those positions and the tight end is one and a half uh, point premium and then we have a super flex in there so most of our teams are going to have two quarterbacks and that's what we'll discuss on the next episode we'll be looking at our quarterback and tight end rankings so don't you try to don't you try to close this podcast out with me getting my stupid question without me getting my stupid question in all right, Fire there's going to be a stupid question. All, all right, there's going to be a stupid I've question. Asking, I've been asking stupid questions this whole time, so fire away. Uh, your questions have been great. You are a fantastic host, Sir Anthony Sutton. Uh, if you could, Rob, I'll start with you. If you could take and domesticate one zoo animal, what are you going with? Ooh, one zoo animal. I will take the tiger. The tiger. It's like a giant cat. Could you imagine a nice, cuddly, furry tiger? Think, yeah. of that, think about that purr. You're um, really hoping it's one of the nice ones, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, if it's domesticated, <laughs> we're going to say it's, right. that it's a nice one. Okay. I'll tell you what, man. I got a cat, and uh, it's not always nice. So what what happens when it decides to like jump on your leg or something, you know? Yeah, well, we'll worry about that when it happens. Okay. <laughs> Tony. Oh, man. I'm going to go. I'm trying to think of something that will help around the house a little bit. So I'm going to go with the giraffe. <laughs> clean, out the, clean out the gutters. Like If I need to clean the windows, I can just 
jump on him, clean the windows. Uh, if I ever, ever need to just get around the, the cul-de-sac, he'll be able to assist me getting the mail. So I'm going to go with the giraffe. That, that would be an interesting one, man. Are you afraid of heights? I am afraid of heights, but I'm not, I mean, I'm afraid of like jumping out of a plane, not oh. like 15 feet. So if you were like holding on for dear life, to the top of the giraffe's neck, you'd be okay. No, see, that'd probably scare me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but if it's domesticated and I'm not allowed to just like ride on his back and, and do, and do that, then I'm, I'm fine. Okay. Um, and, and my answer would be a gorilla. I'm so glad that neither of you guys took the gorilla. Um, I just think having a, a big ass gorilla walking around the house would be <laughs> epic. And and I want it to rock me to sleep at night. And I think that there would be nothing <laughs> more like, I don't know, man. I could just, just imagine being held in someone's arms like you're a baby, you know, like, uh, and then just rock to sleep. Hopefully it's not breathing and, and picking shit out of my hair <laughs> i don't have any hair i don't gotta worry about that i don't even know if gorillas do that that's a monkey thing probably but i think gorillas are monkeys so um but yeah I, I would love to be manhandled by a gorilla and don't take that in any sort of weird way because that could definitely come across in a weird way <laughs> all right sounds like i should wrap this up <laughs> uh good spot to end thanks we had, I had a lot of fun. Episode one is officially done. Again, next week we will be talking about quarterbacks and tight ends. Uh, we're excited to continue to talk about our ultra uh, flex uh, strategies and rankings and lineup. Again, give us a follow on at ultra underscore flex FFP. And then we will see you next week. Bye. See ya.